What is up, Flock and friends? Welcome to a bonus special episode of Talking Flock. This is your host, Rob Chapel, and with me today, a guy I'm very, very excited to talk to, an original Mingo, JC Banks. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're doing great. We're so, so excited that you're here. Uh, just... Um, to 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 talk to you about and just kind of catch up and, and reminisce a little bit and talk about some things that are happening in Milwaukee and we'll get to all that. But first of all, tell us first of all you, you're uh, you're in Northern Kentucky. Yep. What Northern. are you doing there? Just tell, tell us what you're up to there. I'm assistant coach at Northern Kentucky University. Um, so after I got done playing, I got into coaching, and uh-huh. my head coach uh, that I had in Green Bay in college um, is the head coach here. And it just worked out timing wise that he was looking for an assistant and I was looking to get in coaching and it worked out for us. Fantastic. And you, you like were working on your search coaching certification while you were in college, weren't you? Um, yeah, I did that in college and then uh-huh. I got my C while I was playing and now I'm actually in the B course uh, right now. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so, so you've always kind of had coaching kind of as a, as a career aspiration, mm-hmm. even yeah. while you were playing and even in college. So, uh and and how is it is is it everything you hoped it would be um yeah it's it's good it's probably more than you think uh, (laughs) uh, the non-stacker part of it um for college um but definitely um but it's 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 been good what what do you mean the non-stacker part like the recruiting and all the administration Uh, administrative stuff um, a lot of that stuff to do um but you're affecting i think 18 and 22 is a very important part of your life so i think Mm. that's my my area that i want to focus on is that age group um uh Uh, that's awesome and and what's the uh i mean there are obviously some small sort of subtle differences between the the pro game and the college game how does that affect uh on the field and are you able to adjust to that um yeah i'm able to adjust to that uh personalities are ever changing um just you changed a lot in those four years uh the Uh personalities for the most part probably aren't as strong as they are in the professional ranks okay Um, but not too much different outside of, you know, the professional season's a lot longer than oh, sure. college. Um, so you get the season in the fall, full season, and then in the spring, um, we only get five dates of games. So it's a lot of training um, uh, developing in that state. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, that's great. It's great. And it's good to hear that you're, you're uh, moving forward in that in that coaching career, which is uh, fantastic. You, you were kind of, I mean, you, you were in Madison here toward the later stage of your career. You, you retired after two years in Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were kind of already in that coach on the field kind of mode. I mean, that's how people kind of saw you a little bit. I yeah. think is that accurate to say? Yeah, um, yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. I was, always, I feel like I was always a, a thinker of the game. I like to <laughs> think the game a lot. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. If I can make someone run for me, I would like to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I always knew that I would kind of wanted to go down this path. Yeah, you run, I'll think, because we all work out. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, and you were. Uh, you know, you were beloved in Madison as one of the originals, and and you know, uh, scored the goal who uh, to to put Madison playoffs the first time, and then mopped your brow with the corner flag, which is like has come up a couple times this season <laughs> as a legendary shithousery moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that something? <laughs> it just thinking back as a, as a player, is that the kind of thing you plan on doing, or is that just in the moment? Like um, a little bit in the moment. Um, there's also just. <laughs> talk going on that you hear through locker rooms and staffs uh-huh. and um it was just something that came from we used to do it in club um actually oh, yeah, up. yeah. Um, so yeah i'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> now do you um 
as a, as a former player and now as a coach, you're obviously focused on your team and the team you're, you're coaching. But uh, do you follow the teams that you played on before? Do you are you pay attention? Do you stay connected? I mean, soccer is a small world, right? So you know right. people who are still playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you stay connected? Do you follow the results of Fort Madison and other clubs you play for? Yeah, I definitely follow the results. Um, I try to watch the games um, yeah. as much as I can. So you're doing a lot with with what I'm doing, um, but yeah, I do yeah. try to watch games. Um, but I do stay in touch with a, a lot of my former players um, that yeah. I played with. Um, so a lot of that, and I think I went, I think I went to Fort Madison in Chattanooga last year. Oh yeah, nice. Um, I, don't, I think they already came to Lexington, but if they come to Lexington, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So, um, but I stay in touch with like Neil. I talked to Neil the other week. Um, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. People. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, what are you, if you look back at your two years in Madison, obviously one year was shortened uh, by the pandemic and everything. And do, do you have any particular um, memories from Madison that you, that are particularly fond? Um, just the environment at the games. Um, mm. It was, I think it was definitely um, very organic right before mm-hmm. uh, COVID. Obviously mm-hmm. after yeah. COVID, it's a it's little different. bit different in general, just life is different. Yeah. Uh, just that ing- organic feeling of, of, of fans gravitating towards something. And it was a place that not only we enjoyed playing in, but it's hard because everybody comes to play there and they enjoy it just as much. And they really want to win those games. So they made those games tough. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was a pretty good environment. It reminded me similar to what um, we had in Minnesota right before they went to MLS. Mm, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, uh, you were, you were playing in those sort of lower divisions and stuff uh, in the USL and, and other uh, PDL and stuff during that sort of time when those USL was kind of ramping up. Um, and we've heard from other folks that, that the quality of football in the United States really just improved over that period of time. Is that something you notice? And is that something you've been able to see continue in the couple of years you've been away from it? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say the quality is jumped. I would say it's a better avenue to see what the quality is. Um, oh, okay, sure. That makes sense. Um, but there are a lot of good players. I think development is, is getting better in this country. Uh-huh. And yep. with so many teams and so many leagues that there are, they're just providing a lot more opportunity. Mm-hmm. And before it was pretty hard to find games even. Um, like if I try to find games of when I've, versus playing in Rochester is probably pretty hard to find them on YouTube. But now you go on ESPN Plus and they're all on there. They're easy to see. It's um, yeah. it's easier for guys to watch film on themselves. So that helps guys even better. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think all that is, is a factor in it. Um, speaking of development, uh, I want to I talk about your dad, uh, Jimmy Banks, legendary Milwaukee guy. Uh, who, who unfortunately uh, passed away just a couple of days before your home debut at Bray Stevens Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's there's been an effort now, you know, I talked last year, a year and a half ago now, about the, um, the there's a, a, a stadium where your dad played high school and and, uh, and is, is now going to be Jimmy Beck's stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, it was really funny. The, the, that was the, the goal was to rename the stadium after your dad, Jimmy Banks. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, then there was like the administration was like, well, what if we just named the field like Jimmy Banks field or whatever? And the school board was like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to name the whole stadium. Like we're not <laughs> we're not holding back. This is Jimmy Banks we're talking about. Uh, and uh, and now there's uh, uh, some fundraising going on to to basically um, 
to put a mural, uh, to some other stuff, some improvements to the stadium, some signage. Uh, so it's more than just the name, and it's it's really honors your dad's legacy. Can you talk a little bit um, about uh, about uh, what your dad meant to to Milwaukee soccer for people who maybe don't know his his the depth of his involvement in Milwaukee specifically? Yeah. Um, well, he grew up, born and raised in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. played professionally for the Wave in Milwaukee, played in the World Cup, stayed home. He's been a Milwaukee guy um, his whole mm-hmm. life. And when he got done playing um, and while he was playing, he was doing things in the community, helping provide opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mainly his avenue was through soccer. Um, but especially like when he had Simba's, I can remember us, you know, all hopping in a car, going house to house, picking people up to go train, taking them back home. Um, guys goofing off in school. He was one that would go up to the school, talk to the teachers, you know, um, kind of went out of his way um, to help people. Um, and I don't think he was really doing it for any credit or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, probably he would feel like uh, like everybody talking about this in stadiums and all that. Like he probably would have shied, <laughs> shied away from that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's the sense I got. But what he was really just trying to do is uh, – make an impact and help people um, because someone did it for him um, mm-hmm. and took him to where he was going. And he just wanted to pass that on. Um, and I know part of the the stadium that's going on, the mural that's coming up or the fundraising is for the mural. The signage is already up there right now. Cool. Um, but with the, the idea with the mural is, you know, you go to places and sometimes it has a name on it, but people really don't know the story. They really don't know the mm-hmm. person. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of that. So this mural be helping you know, tell that story and, and hopefully help um, kids connect when they when they go and see it. Um, it's mm-hmm. a story that uh, is pretty accessible. Um, you know, a kid that grew up in the projects um, didn't have too much, and then you end up, you know, getting to the World Cup and giving back. Um, so I think it's something super relatable, and a mural just you know help that. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Simba Lions, the, the club your dad started as basically a, a way for uh, kids from neighborhoods, especially black kids, to to be able to play soccer, which is mm-hmm. youth soccer is rather inaccessible to a lot of folks because it's yeah. expensive, right? And so he's making, that was his whole goal in Milwaukee is to get more people playing, right? Or yeah. kids especially. But like I said, just the way he was offered that opportunity as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier. Uh, now you mentioned also the World Cup. He's 1990. I uh, played in, uh, uh, for the United States national team in the World Cup. Uh, how how old were you at that point? Did you, did you know like that was happening? Um, no, I mean I was born in '89, so they okay, so I just... learned how to walk when he was at the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but at what point did you were did you become kind of aware that your dad was a little bit famous? Um, yeah, I mean Milwaukee's a small place and yeah. rocker roads a small place so mm-hmm. you go to places around and it's always someone that either you know or knows you or definitely knew him um mm-hmm. so one of those things um i, I uh just to I, I when i was i was doing the story about the about the stadium for madison 365 about the, the effort to name the stadium and uh i thought you know i, I wonder and so john harks is coaching uh, mm-hmm. in Greenville. So it's in our league. So I thought, you know, maybe I could get him on the phone for a second. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't think I actually would, but I emailed the club PR people and they were like, well, coach Harks is in England right now, but we'll pass it along. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, he's not going to call me. It's fine. Within an hour, I get an email from John Harks saying, 
when can you talk? I will do anything for Jimmy Banks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of reputation and that's the kind of connections you'd have made, even with you know that level of, of everybody else on his team. Is that I mean, how do you respond to that? The, the, this, the, yeah. the, the love you, that the soccer world had for your dad as well. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's, it's definitely we appreciate those things, and mm-hmm. you know, Arx is one of the guys that sent us a message right away and said, you know, whatever we needed, you know, yeah. he could help out with. Um, but it seems like a lot of those guys have good things to say about him. Yeah. Um, and some of them have stories that we don't know, which is, is kind of nice when you hear those stories. Uh-huh. Things that we could see him doing, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kind of cool to hear those stories. Now, was he, was he, uh, did he coach you as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like having your dad as a coach? Not, not just your dad, but Jimmy Banks' dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was, he was always right. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever been, I don't know if you've ever been coached by a parent, but you know they tell you a lot of things, and when they're actually right the whole time, it, it sinks in a little bit more. But you know, uh-huh. it, it's a little frustrating, but you know it's gonna gonna help. You know, so yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so again, the, there's there's they're seeking donations for that mural uh, to to really tell that story uh, mm-hmm. at, at that stadium. Um, and uh, uh, so we'll have that exceeds that amount. Um, it's going to go to scholarships and MPS. Um, oh, and great! Who's in the the northwest side of Milwaukee uh, of those areas? So, oh, so okay, so so we're going to fund a mural, and then anything else is going to go continue to support kids in soccer at, in public schools and in, in that yeah. side of Madison or just that side of Milwaukee rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll put the the, the link in the show notes here and I'm going to, I'll have an article later on Madison 365 about this as well. Uh, so folks can, can support that effort. It's just, um, it's just important to, to recognize folks who, who've done such work over decades uh, in Milwaukee. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Um, your dad was, was coming up and, and playing at a time when there wasn't a hell of a lot of professional soccer in the United States. Mm-hmm. And he ended up playing for the wave for a long time and did, you know, obviously did really well there. Um, do, do you, what, what do you think his career would have looked like now, now that there's so many more opportunities? Oh, I mean, who knows? I mean, right now, right now to be unheard of that indoor players are playing in the World Cup. Um, Maybe a player might have spent some time in there, but they wouldn't currently be playing in the indoor league and and playing in that level outdoor. Um, But yeah, who knows? You know, I don't know if he would have wanted to leave Milwaukee, but I think (laughs) it's a lot better opportunities for for him to go elsewhere. Um, He had opportunities to go, but I. I wouldn't say they're as um, beneficial for him to be leaving. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, yeah, you said you you let's let's get back to to you here for a second. You, you're um, you're working on your B certification. Can you for, for those of us who don't know, can you explain the the different levels of coaching certification and what? And then the the big question is, what's your goal? Are you are you mm-hmm. on a career ladder here and you're on your way up? Um, so the coaching licenses it goes the grassroots licenses and then you go D. C, B, and I think as of right now, there's an A pro and an A youth okay. um, that you can go through. And then that's the American side. You have the UEFA courses um, that sure. are pretty similar. Um, but my goal, I want to be a, a Division One head coach um, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of things to learn. Um, I'm learning a lot. I, I enjoy it, and I think it's something that I've just wanted to get into. I mean, my dad was at MSOE for 20 years. Um, right. So, you know, I was kind of around it. I, I saw things, and it, it seemed like something that I would want to get into and something I can be good at. Mm-hmm. And just through my college experience, I knew that I grew a ton out of it on and off the field. Um, 
And one of the things our head coach does a good job of is, you know, preparing people for life as well. And I, that's the kind of impact that I want to have on people's lives. Um, so level, you don't get that as much. You know. So when you, when you say division one, you're talking about division one NCAA. Yes. College, not not division one, like MLS. Like no. you want to, you want to be at that, like, as you mentioned, that sort of 18 to 22 age where that's, mm. it's a really not, not only a critical moment for a player, but as, a, but as a person. Yeah. Right. And you want to yeah. be involved in that. That's, that's outstanding. Mm. Um, now you also done some youth coaching. Last time I talked to you, you were in Nashville. Yeah, I was in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, coaching kids. What's the, um, were you coaching youth? You were like running an indoor facility. Um, that was the plan. That ended up getting pushed back. Um, uh, but then I was at Fisk University and Heroes FA, which is with uh, both of them was with Desmond Armstrong, who my dad played with yep. in the World Cup, um, U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, I was learning from him, which is good. And and somebody that's connected with my dad was a, a double whammy. Um, yeah. But then this kind of popped up and, and took this route. Uh, that's outstanding. And um, uh, you are, have you had a full season with Northern Kentucky yet? Yeah, last year was our first full season. Uh -huh. um, I started February of last year. Okay. Um, so we're in our second recruiting cycle now. And what's that like? What's the recruiting like? Are you, you're evaluating, you're looking at tape, you're, uh, you're flying all over the country looking for players? Um, both in person and a lot of tape. Um, yeah. We get tons of emails, um, a lot of kids sending film full game and highlights and all yeah. that. So it's kind of sifting through and then finding uh, what our needs are uh -huh. and what kind of culture we want to build as a group. Um, we like good players, but we want it to be a good experience overall. So you need some good people as well. Are you, um, are you, do you have players that you identify like, okay, this kid's going to go pro one day. So, you know, are you evaluating at that level or are you just trying to win on the field? Um, if you can get those, that would be nice. Um, obviously, <laughs> you want to get those that can develop pro players. Um, yeah. that helps you win games at the college level for sure. Um, but just kind of look for guys that have upsides that fit what we're looking to do. Um, we're mm -hmm. a team that likes to be up tempo team. Mm -hmm. Um, working on both sides of the ball, so just finding guys that that fit those and have a little bit of bite to them as well. Yeah. A little bit of bite to him. I like that. So, um, last question for you here, JC. Uh, looking at the the the, the professional, um, you know, the, the professional game where you spent a good portion of your life so far, um, are you optimistic? Are you hopeful about professional soccer in the United States, or, or do, what do you think needs to uh, to happen for it to really really catch on? Um, no, I think it's at a great spot right now. Um, one Messi just ended up signing here, right? Um, but if you go to in person to any of these games, these environments are are, are very good environments to go to. Mm -hmm. FCC um, is in town, um, mm -hmm. been to a couple of their, their games, and it's been really nice. Nashville, um, I think the MLS has done a very good job of getting into good markets that'll support these teams. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting the TV deals as well, which means yeah. it's going to come in, which means higher profile players are going to come in. Um, and then I think it all trickled down into the players that we're producing as well. Um, so hopefully at a point where there's more top-notch American guys that are in our system and they're the top players in the league and, and they're deciding to stay here because it's such a good league rather than if you're good right now as you end up going to Europe. But if we right. can get it to the point where it makes more sense for them to stay here and develop and the level's high enough, um, it'll be really good for us. And I think this 2026 World Cup, 
um, mm. huge um, that we're one of the countries that are hosting it because I think there's a big difference between soccer before 1994 in this country and where it is now and then have another World Cup in here. I think it's it's only going to get better. No doubt, no doubt. Well, J.C. Banks, original Mingo uh, and current assistant coach at Western at uh, Northern Kentucky University. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.